along that line, I'd like to share on something that is very, very important. If there's anything that I can wish for or pray for each one of you, for myself and for the church, it is this one thing. More than riches, wealth, and fame, I wish that all of us can experience this because when you have this thing, you have everything. Without it, we are reduced to nothing actually. And so this morning, I'd like to share on experiencing God's presence and glory. Experiencing God's presence and glory. Now this is a tough topic to share on. Because although so much has been written about it and talked about, it is still a mystery. And none of us have arrived to understand fully God's presence and glory. But if, if a pastor were to wait until he's perfect before he share on this, then you will never hear any sermon on this. We never arrive. We preach on what we have experienced. We preach on what we know we can experience. And so if there's anything that I can wish for each and every one of you, it is God's presence and glory. My text is taken from Exodus chapter 33 verse 1 to chapter 34 verse 9. And by the way, if you have been reading, if you have been following our Bible reading plan, this is the passage that we, you have read on Friday, just this past Friday. And when I read it, I was stuck, I was struck by it again, you know. And there's so much, there's so much in this passage. I think this chapter, chapter 33 especially, is the most amazing chapter in the Bible. And I think we do not fully comprehend what is written there because we were not there and, and, and in the Old Testament mindset may be very different from our mindset. And, and, and especially, you know, the setting is a little bit different. But I believe that this is what God wants for each and every one of us. And so this chapter, chapter 33 of the book of Exodus, starts with God restating His plan for the children of Israel. But before that, in chapter 32, chapter 32 was supposed to be the highlight of the experience of Israel. When Moses went up to Mount Sinai and God gave his his covenant to his people, wrote it down even in the Ten Commandments. 
But before even Moses could come down, the people, Israel, got tired of waiting. He says, Moses has been there for too long, up in the mountain. We do not know what has happened to him. They got tired. Waiting upon God. They got tired about it and asked Aaron to build them an idol. Gave the goal and cast into the fire and that was the molten golden calf and Israel sin. Even before Moses could come down from the mount with the new with the covenant, the people have already broken it. God says, Moses, step aside. I'm going to destroy these people. But Moses interceded. Moses stood in the gap for the children of Israel. And because of that, they were spared, although 3,000 people died. And then comes chapter 33. And this is what the Lord said to Moses. Depart, go out from here. You and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt. Interestingly, God says, you, you, you. God did not say, which I have, whom I have brought up. Just like when the child is bad, the mother will say, huh, your son, huh, your son. Huh. Like that. Huh? I say, you, your people. No, go out from here. You and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land of which I saw to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, to your offspring, I will give it. Wow, that's wonderful, isn't it? This is a restatement of the plan of God. The plan of God is not that the people just come to Mount Sinai after leaving Egypt. The plan of God is that they will enter into the land which God has promised. That is their mission. And God continues, I will send an angel before you. Wow, wonderful, isn't it? And the promise, again restated, I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And God again says, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. Wow. They were so happy to hear all of this. The plan, the promise of God, and he will even send an angel. But then after that, God said something that broke their heart. That awakened them. In verse, verse 3, second part. But I will not go up among you. You go up. I will send an angel. I will bless you you will possess the land, but I will not go up. Why? Lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people, stubborn, rebellious people. God gave all the promises, God gave all the blessings, but God says, my presence will not go with you. You see, sometimes we can be blessed, you know, even without the presence of God. I don't know how that can happen. But some people, they just want the blessings of God. 
God, you cannot go up. Ah. Okay lah. I go by myself. I receive the blessings. Never mind about your presence. God says, I will not go up. Because you are a rebellious people and I will consume you. The presence of a holy God among a sinful, rebellious, stiff-necked people is a very dangerous thing. Just like in C.S. Lewis' book or turned into a movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mr. Beaver said to Lucy concerning Aslan the lion. When, he was asked, when, 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 when the question is asked of who is Aslan, is he good, is he bad? And Mr. Beaver's answer to Lucy is, Aslan is not safe, but he is good. He's the king, you see. So likewise with God, a holy God among rebellious people. The holiness of God is a dangerous thing. You cannot play around with it. It will consume you. So therefore God says, I will not go up with you. And that brought the people's heart. That really shook them up. What is life without the presence of God? You may have the fame, you may have the money, you may have the popularity, you may have all the wealth, but what is life without the presence of God? Happier is the one who, who may not have all the riches of the world, but he has the presence of God. That means everything. And so it is the presence of God that is so very important. So when the people heard the disastrous word, they mourned. They mourned. They repented and God received them back. After Moses appealed again and said, God, do not destroy these people. So it shows us that the presence of God is everything. The presence of God is the most important thing in life. Most desired cannot be substituted with any other thing. Moses knew what it is like to be in the presence of God. So, finally God said in verse 14, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You know, this is amazing. God says already, I will not go with you. But after Moses talked to him, hey, he can change his mind, you know. God can be persuaded. You can persuade God. That's how powerful prayer and how powerful those who know God is. You can change the destiny of the nation. God says, okay, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said, Lord, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. The presence. What is this presence of God? Many of us have different kinds of ideas 
about the presence of God. We thought that the presence of God is manifested in thunder and lightning, goosebumps and slain in the spirit, miracles and all kinds of things. But the word presence actually means face. Turn your face towards. Face. That means God turned His face towards us in accepting us, in receiving us. Not rejecting, but receiving. And so the presence of God is the face of God turned towards us in delight, in acceptance, in favor. And the presence of God actually is the person of God Himself. Now, of course, it is a mysterious presence, but it is a person of God Himself. And this is the most important thing in life. If you have the presence of God, you can go anywhere. No harm, no evil can touch you. If you have the presence of God, you can win any battle. If you have the presence of God, you don't have to worry about anything. The presence of God will keep you. The presence of God will nurture you. The presence of God will sustain you. The presence of God will also transform you. That's why it's so important. It's the only thing that really matters. This is different from the power of God. Many of us want the power. Presence, ah, never mind, ah, I can do without. We want the power. Because power, we can do a lot of things we think. We can work miracles, can heal the sick, cast out demons. All these things are very, very important. But the power of God is meant for others. You use it on others to bring healing, to deliver, you know, to set the captives free. The power of God is not for yourself. It's always for others. And look at the, look at the, the people of Israel. They know the power of God. They have seen the ten plates. They have walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. They have drank from waters that came from the rock. They have food that were delivered from heaven itself. They have seen the power of God. But see what happened. They still built an idol, a golden calf, and say, this is our God. The power of God may not keep you, but the presence of God will keep you. Moses knew the presence of God. That's why he said, this is the most important thing in my life, God. If I don't have your presence, I would move. He knows that it is futile to just attempt anything without the presence of God. Moses is literally saying, God, if you don't go, I won't go. If you don't go, I won't go because it's useless to just try to attempt things on our own. But Lord, if you are there, oh, if your presence is there, it's worth it. So having the presence of God is worth more than anything in the world. 
That's why I say, I wish you all, for myself and for glad tidings, the presence and the glory of God. It's not the money, it's not the position, it's not the wealth, it's not anything. When you have the presence of God, you have everything. The presence of God is the secret of success and victory. Look into the annals of the Bible. All those anointed servants of God, they were successful. They did great exploits. On what basis? On one factor. The presence of God was with them. And when the presence of God is with you, you can do anything. Do you want to overcome your problems? It's the presence of God you need. Do you want to win battles? Do you want to be a successful businessman? In any fields at all? It's the presence of God that makes the difference. Everybody say, His presence. My priority. Amen. Let, the, let His presence become your priority. You see, the blessings that we need is the blessings of the presence of God. Because the, when the, the, the presence of God will bring to you everything, everything that you ever need. Exodus 33 verse 14 again, my presence will go with you. Not only my presence, but my presence, will, there'll be a lot of other things that follow my presence. And I will give you rest. The word rest means a quiet, comfortable rest. Peace of heart, you know, a serenity. You're not troubled by our circumstances. You're not troubled by what you are facing. You have the rest of God. And this is the kind of rest that we need. We are so easily troubled by so many things. But God says, I will give you rest. God will free us even from anxiety, from fear, from worries. From stress. It's a very stressful life that we are living in right now. So many uncertainties. But friends, it's the rest of God that we need. And God says, my presence will give you rest. How many of you need that rest? It is the presence of God that you need. And I pray that you will experience the presence even today. Not only the presence of God give us rest, you know, verse 16, for how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? How? It's only by your presence. God, if your presence don't go with us, we don't have favor. So the presence of God grants us favor. What is favor? Favor is preferential treatment, preferred treatment. In other words, you become God's uh, uh, special uh, 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 attention. He gives special attention even to you. And not only you will experience the favor of God, you will also experience it overflows into others. Those who have said no to you in the past, because of the presence of God, they will say yes. Because there, there is a kind of special aura within you. They know that you are different. Sometimes they cannot even explain why they say yes. Sometimes they cannot even explain why they help you. It is a favor of God. How many of you need a favor of God? Oh, hallelujah. 
God's presence also distinguishes you from others. You become God's special person, the apple of His eye. That's why Moses said, I, is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? It is your going with us. It is your presence with us that makes us different, distinct from all the other nations. You are different. The church is different. The only difference between the church and the world is the presence of God is with us. If the presence of God is not with us, hey, we are no longer a church. We become a company. We run like a corporate body already. But it is the presence of God that makes the difference, that makes us distinct from others. And the presence of God with you makes you different from all the others. Makes you distinctive. And others will recognize it. Abraham was so successful. In his encounter with Abimelech, Abimelech recognized, hey, Abraham, you are different. The hand of God, the presence of God is with you and, and he has blessed you in every way. His favor is upon you. I can see it. You are different from others. Joseph, he was so successful. Wherever he went, after he was sold into Egypt, he got a favor of Potiphar. Even when in prison, he got a favor, you know, uh, 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 and the preferential treatment of the warden. And the Bible tells us that Joseph was successful in everything that he did. Why? Because the Lord was with him. The Lord blessed him in everything that he did. Friends, when you have the presence of God, you don't have to strive, you know, you know and worry. The presence of God will make the way for you. The favor of God, the, the distinguishing mark of God. Joshua. No enemies could stand against Joshua except that time when Israel sinned and, 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 and God let them to be defeated. But other than that, every enemies, they just conquered. Why? Because God already promised in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 to 6, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Oh, with the presence of God. He can go into any battle. The Lord is the one who will fight for him. So Moses understood it. It doesn't matter how other nations receive their guidance. It doesn't matter how they strategize. It doesn't matter how they organize their armies. All Moses wanted is the presence of God then he will know how to run the government. Oh, the presence. So God's presence is what we need. And I pray that all of us will earnestly desire, hunger for the presence of God. And you thought that, wow, Moses, fantastic 
God said, my presence will not go with you. You manage to talk to God. And He says, my presence will go with you. What an assurance. We would be happy and stay at that, isn't it? But for Moses, it's not enough. It's not enough. There's something else. There's something else so very precious. He couldn't fully understand. He hasn't really seen it. There is the aspect of God that Moses have not seen, could not understand. And so Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. What is this glory? Glory comes from the word kabod in Hebrew. It means something that is is heavy, is weighty. It is very, very important. It is the majesty of God's presence, the highest honor, the, the highest reverence, the weightiest of it all, the heavy presence of God. But what is this glory actually? This word may not help us to understand fully when we talk about the glory of God. Many times we have different kind of ideas about glory. When asked, have you, have you experienced the glory of God? Some people say no, because well, to them the glory of God means you're slain by the power of God, that's the glory. Or you see flashes of light, ah, that's glory. So if there's no light, there's no slaining, there's no glory. No. Glory has to do with God Himself. Why? Why did why did Moses press in to, to ask God to show him his glory? Because Moses wanted to know God even deeper. There were the three prayers of Moses. The three prayers of Moses in, 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 uh, in Exodus 33. Teach me your ways. Let me know you. Grant me your favor. If all of us can pray these kind of three things, we will be on the right track. Teach me your ways. Your ways. Not just your acts. I want to know you. Teach me your ways. Grant me your favor. And so here he asks for glory. What is this glory? The glory of God is the heavy weight of His goodness. And this is the very essence of God Himself. It is increasing of God's presence. Moses wanted a revelation of God, who God really is. And to understand who God really is, is to know His glory, to see His glory. God's glory was a revelation of His abounding goodness, 
mercy, love, and compassion. Why do we say that? You see? Chapter 33, verse 18, Moses said, Please, show me your glory. I want to know who you really are, O God. Show me your glory. Look at God's answer. Interestingly, and God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Now, what, what? At first glance, we wonder, God, what kind of answer is that? Moses says, show me your glory. And then you say, I, I, will, I, will, I will cause my goodness to pass before you. And I will declare my name to you. Then I will show mercy and I will be gracious. Is that? Does that answer that question? You see, this is the glory of God. And then verse chapter 34, verse 6 to 7. God did exactly just what He said He would do. The Lord passed before Him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. That is God's glory. That is God's answer to Moses' quest. Show me your glory. It may not be what we think it should be, but this is very heavy. Many times we misunderstand God's glory for something flashy, something spectacular. But here we are talking about the very attributes, the very nature of God that is His glory. What is God's glory? His goodness. His graciousness. His mercy. His forgiveness. This is the glory of God. You see, when Moses had the first encounter with God in the burning bush, all he knew about God is God is a holy God. Take off your shoe for the ground that you are standing on is holy. And yes, God is holy. But Moses never really knew the other aspects of God, which is mercy, grace, truth, forgiveness. And God abounds in all of this. You want to see glory? You want to experience glory? When you experience this, you have experienced and seen the glory of God. Let's look at other scriptures. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. We have seen His glory, full of grace and truth. Same as Exodus 34 that we have just read. Grace and truth. And, and this is talking about Jesus Christ. Alright? So, the glory of God is embodied in the person of Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. 
John 17, 24. Father, I desire that they may be with me where I am to see my glory, the one, the glory that you have given to me. It's Jesus' desire that the disciples also see the glory of God. See, the glory of God is embodied in the, per in the person of Jesus Christ. It is grace, truth, mercy, compassion, forgiveness, all the attributes of God. It is not about flashing lights or any other physical manifestations. Some of you may say, well, but, but what about the Mount of Transfiguration? Oh, there was spectacular things that happened and the glory of God was there in the Mount of, Mount of Transfiguration. But you see, in the Mount of Transfiguration, the glory is not on Moses and Elijah, although Moses and Elijah appears there. The glory is not about the physical situation. The glory of God came down and, and was manifested again in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says his, his face was, was shining. Remember? Matthew 17, verse 2 to verse 6. His face was, the face of Jesus was shining and his raiment became shining white. And they saw the glory of God. So the glory of God was upon Jesus. And then there was a voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. In other words, God is saying, here is my glory. All my glory I have given to my son. You listen to him. You see him. You will experience that glory. No wonder Jesus said, Father, I desire that they see this glory. So the glory of God is the very attribute of God. When you experience those attributes, brothers and sisters, you experience the glory of God. Is it possible for us to experience it? What does it take to experience the glory of God? Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 40, Jesus said to Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, what will happen? You will see the glory of God. What does it take? Believe, faith. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. This was the verse God gave to me when I was just a very young Christian. Oh, I was just about four or five, month, four or five months old Christian. Very young in the faith, but I was really, really hungering and thirsting for God. Although being a four or five month old Christian, I have already read through the Bible. The entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation in three months. Day and night, night and day, I was reading the Bible. You know, and oh, I was so captivated by, by, by the Bible. I was so hungry for God. But I wanted more of God. I wanted more of His presence and glory. And one day when I was going to church, I was really hungry and I, and I said, Lord, Lord, I, I just want more of you. And God gave me this verse. When I was cycling to church, I was just a student. John chapter 11, verse 40. 
Say I not unto thee. At that time, I read, memorized the King James Version. Say I not unto thee that if thou shalt believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. I broke down and I went, Lord, I believe. I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. I will see your glory tonight. And in that faith, I went into the church service. Church service started. Everybody was singing. We were worshiping. And I was just joining in the worship. I don't know what would happen. You know, God says that I will see His glory if I believe. And I really believe, Lord, that I will see your glory tonight. And sure enough, suddenly the glory of God came down. It wasn't in miracles of healings and this and that manifestations, no. I, I, I did not expect it, to, uh, really, you know. But the glory of God came down upon me instead of others. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I began to speak in tongues. And I continued to speak in tongues. So fluently, like I have been speaking in tongues for years. It just came out, you know, just, just torrents after torrents of tongues just came out. And, 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 and I couldn't control it. Now, actually, you can control it, but I don't know how to control it, you know. So there I was, just standing, you know, worshipping, and, and then after that, I was filled, filled with the Spirit, and, and I, I know that all the singing has stopped already because I, I couldn't hear any more singing, but I just couldn't stop. I, I just, you know, just continued to speak in tongues until I felt a hand touching my back. And the pastor said, Vincent, I think God wants to speak to you. You go to the back, huh? <laughs> very wise of the pastor. Uh, I, was, I was interrupting the service. So I went to the back room, you know. And then in the back room, I just knelt down before the presence of God and I continued in the presence of God, worshipping, you know, speaking in tongues. I don't know how, we, how long it lasted. Maybe 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Uh, I don't know, you know. I was just continuing speaking in tongues. And finally, I, I, I come down and wow. Filled with the glory uh, of God and the presence of God overwhelming me. After that, I went back to the service. I, I, was, I went back to the back of the church and, uh, and, and, and the minister has already uh, finished preaching and was giving an altar call. I saw two persons at the back whom I do not recognize. So I thought they may be new. Quickly went up there, you know, and said, would you like to receive Jesus Christ? And they said, yes. I said, and I led them to the front and two souls got saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That is the glory of God. To me, that's the glory of God. It wasn't me even. Friends, the glory of God, you can experience it. Any one of us can experience it. If you would believe, you will see the glory of God. God desires to manifest His glory to us. And another time, you know, I was preaching in, in, in India, the biggest church in India, Pastor David Mohan, New Life uh, uh, Assembly. It was a Sunday night service, but the, the hall was packed with actually maybe six, 7,000 people. And as I was preaching, you know, you know, just preaching, preaching for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then after that, you know, with interpretation, after that, I couldn't continue. I just felt, you know, God, 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 God is saying, my glory is coming down, you know. And I have to stop. And sure enough, you know, I, I couldn't continue. And, the, and then people would begin to just cry out. You know, one corner, one corner, one corner. Different, different corners. People begin to cry out. I was wondering, what is happening? You know, 
And God is saying, my glory is taking over. Step aside, you know. I say, Lord, Lord, I haven't finished my preaching yet, you know. You know, I'm just in the middle of preaching. Step aside and let God take over. And God took over. So many healings took place that night, you know. And there were, you know, before I could even ask the people to come up for, to give their testimonies, many were rushing out already, you know. And I don't know what was happening. It was all in Tam- Tamil. And then the pastor quickly let me out. I don't know what happened after that. But there was real healing that, that took place that night. The glory of God take over. Friends, the glory of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the truth of God, the graciousness of God shown towards the people. When you experience it, when you walk in it, that is the glory of God. So don't just look for the spectacular things. When you are able to love with the love of Jesus Christ, that's the glory of God upon us because we are selfish. We are not loving, loving by nature. So that's why we are transformed, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You behold the glory of God, you will be changed, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, the presence and the glory. The question is how? How to walk in His presence and glory? Let me quickly go through this. Very important. The tent of meeting. Moses tarried in the tent of meeting. Now this is not a tabernacle yet. This is only a tent. A temporary tent. And yet God chose to manifest His his presence and His glory. Whenever Moses entered there, the presence and glory comes down in the form of a cloud over the tank and the people, when they see it, they will begin to, in their own individual tank, they will begin to just worship the Lord. So how? First and foremost, friends, we know that we are living in a New Testament time. Access to God is granted to us, but only by the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. He is the embodiment of the glory and of the presence and everything that God desires to do. And so, you know, uh, 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 forgiveness, cleansing, sanctification, forgiveness of our sins is only through Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ when He died on the cross. That is how we gain access into the presence of God. Remember, the veil was torn in the two and now it is open, but the access is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And learn to ask and seek God for His presence and glory. Moses asked for it very directly. You know, Moses pleaded for it. Moses wouldn't have any other thing. God, if your presence do not go with me, I'm not going. He was, he, he was serious with God. He asked, he sought for it. And Moses, the Bible says, he entered into the tent. Every day he would enter into the tent because he knows that's the way the presence and the glory of God abides. Can you just imagine one day and say, oh, I'm a bit lazy today. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, maybe next week, Lord, we'll meet. No, no way. He would just enter into the tent and the Bible says that he listened to God. He, God spoke to him there. It's not just one way. Moses talked to God. No, Moses talked with God. All right? And although the, the, it's a metaphorical here, face to face, God doesn't have a face, but it's just a figure of speech. You know, there's such intimacy. And so learn to wait before the presence of God. Spend time in the presence of God. Let Him minister to us. And learn to surrender, even yourself, even unto the Lord. And look at what it says here. When Moses... The final verse, when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. There's a young man there at that time. 
Oh, when Moses went in, he was, we wait outside. He cannot go in, but he will wait outside. And when Moses departed, he will still abide, wait at the tent, oh, for just to be near the presence of God. And no wonder God can use Joshua as a successor to Moses. He has such hunger and desire for God. Friends, when you have that kind of desire and hunger for God, when you are looking into and walking in His glory, walking in the Spirit, depending on Him and worshipping Him, just like the people of Israel here and also Moses, you know, he would worship the Lord. Friends, let us learn to worship the Lord because that is the only and the natural response for us even in His presence. Today, the presence and glory of God is not just for the hall here. When you go out, God says, my presence will go with you. My presence will accomplish great things. The cloud of His glory will be over you. The cloud of His glory will be over you. You don't have to be afraid. You can go out and do what God wants you to do and the presence of God will be with us. If you will just desire and ask God, Lord, if you don't go, I won't go. And show me your glory, Lord. Amen. That's how God wants us to live. In the glory, abiding in His manifested presence. Let's pray. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on anything new and stay connected with us on our social media.